Hello everyone, welcome to our podcast, The Little Women. We are three best friends who wanted to create a platform to communicate with an audience similar to our age, teenagers. We discuss relevant topics from significant movements to simple teenage issues that feel like the end of the world. Be on the lookout for our special guest episodes to hear about all the different kinds of people who have taken their time to not only educate us, but also you guys, giving an endearing insight into their lives. In today's episode, we are speaking to Lucy, the founder of Eldrobe Clothing. Originally, Lucy started her journey selling vintage clothes on Depop, and when she became successful at that, she started her own loungewear line, which has an amazing aesthetic we are absolutely obsessed with. Lucy tells us all about her beginnings on Depop, how she gets ideas for her designs, and also how she's managed to create a business alongside a full-time job. Okay, Lucy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We're really excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Brilliant. I think we'll just get straight into the questions then. So our first question is from a follower, Carla, who asked, where did your journey with clothes begin? Oh, so this was a really interesting one because I was thinking about it and I guess it all began actually from a really young age. And I don't know if that's really cliche to say, but when I was growing up, my parents would always take me to car boot sales, like to buy and to sell. So I suppose I've been exposed to like secondhand shopping from quite a young age. And my mum would encourage us to shop like in charity shops or through her eBay account. And then actually a really funny story is that when I was younger, I used to set up a little stall at the end of my road. I was literally like nine and I used to sell (laughs) my old toys and clothes. And we literally lived in a village of about three people and there was about (laughs) a car every four hours. And I'd made these flyers on Microsoft Word. And yeah, I was just thinking about it. I was like, wow, maybe I was like, I don't know. I guess it started from when I was younger, like the whole entrepreneurial side of it. Um, yeah. And just wanting to make money for myself and basically to make room for new clothes, essentially, that's what it was. And then as I got older, throughout uni, I used Depop when that came about. And I started selling some of my old stuff just to get rid of it again to make some extra money. And then yeah just to buy new clothes really and then it was only about a year ago that my journey with like clothes began in more of a business sense in a way that I was buying clothes to make a profit basically and investing a bit more into like vintage wholesale um and yeah leads me to where I am now I guess that's really good with the whole like car boot stuff because obviously like this is kind of like a bit of a tangent but with (laughs) the like whole like global warming and everything it's better to do secondhand clothing as well so Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I absolutely loved it. I think it's there's more like an excitement around it because you don't know if you're going to find something really good, and when you do, it's like a jackpot. So yeah, yeah like definitely. you say, helping clothes that are already in circulation to stay is like an amazing thing to do. Avoid adding them to landfill, basically. Yeah, definitely. Well, Carla asked another question, and they said, "Who slash what was your biggest inspira- inspiration to create your own clothing line?" Um. Well, I guess you always have certain brands that you look up to. So I've followed tons of fashion brands for years now. And a couple to name would be, there's one called Fuchsia Shaw, which is run by an influencer called Amy Fuchsia. And that's a really cool brand. And then there's another one called Another Version, which is more like loungewear vibes. So I look up to them in terms of like inspiration and they market themselves really well. But I'd say the main source, it's going to sound a bit weird, but it was lockdown for me because we've all had so much time on our hands. Obviously, lockdown has been awful in so many ways, but 
I kind of sat back and I thought, how can I use this time to be productive? And there was obviously like a massive rise of um, like trends moving towards comfy clothes and, and going out in trackies and like looking really cool in them and it being more like the norm to do that. And they're not made just to be chilling inside. And also there was like a massive need for sharing positivity. So that combined kind of led me to thinking like, why don't I do this? Like I could definitely combine those elements and try and be as sustainable as I can be, but also trying to be at a fair price point. Um, Mm. And also in lockdown, you probably noticed as well, but there was such a rise in like new businesses starting, new brands emerging. And I was just so inspired by it. I just, I was buying it. And then I just thought, well, why don't I just give it a go? So yeah, I just went for it. And I think, yeah, just to say in short, lockdown was basically the biggest inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, as you said, like the lockdown has been great for so many people, but then awful for so many people as well. So kind of like an up and up and down thing, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. Well, you just spoke briefly about turning like Depop into a business. Um, but when you first started Depop, did you always know that you wanted to turn it into a business or was it just like a fun thing? Oh, yeah, absolutely not. Like I didn't even realise Depop could be a business or you could make a good amount of it. I guess I was maybe a bit naive to it. But when I first started using Depop years ago, like, oh, God, it's really old, but like six years ago, I don't know. Um <laughs> I literally saw it as a place to get rid of my old clothes because I knew some of them were quite nice and that I could make a bit of money off them to buy some new clothes. So I didn't really realise that like capabilities of it. And yeah, I didn't even realise that people could have a full-time job off it. Like that amazes me actually. Um, So it was about a year and a half ago that I realised that people actually have their own brands on there and that they operate on their full time and they have Instagrams alongside Depop. So, yeah, I absolutely didn't. I never saw it going like that. I just saw it as, a, you know, a chance to get rid of some old clothes and make some money whilst I was at uni. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you've already touched on why you decided to go down the route of leisure wear because Sam had asked what made you want to do it specifically. So I guess we could ask instead, would you want to go beyond leisure wear at some point? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's so many possibilities. When I was assessing like what route to go down because you obviously have your athleisure wear you have your lounge wear leisure wear and then you have all the other vibes that you can get um yeah it was a it was a tough decision but I think leisure wear just made more sense for me it resonated more with me like it's more versatile but it can definitely go beyond that like there's so many opportunities like you've got your more like athletic clothing that you could branch out to um you've got all sorts but I'm yeah for me personally I think leisure is the one that I would stick to for now because it is there's so many opportunities with it and it's quite broad so it's more like it can be worn indoors it can be worn outdoors it can be worn whatever you're doing really leisure wear kind of matches it which I think gives it a bit more vers- versatility yeah mm. especially what you were saying like during lockdown this whole time period everyone's just going towards leisure wear and not dresses or anything fancy like that we're just putting on our comfies and going out in those um, yeah definitely I haven't worn jeans in months and no. I don't expect it to change anytime soon I just put jeans on today just for the feeling just to feel something how did it feel it felt pretty good I just took them off like five minutes later though because I wanted to be comfy yeah fair enough um do you ever find that the clothes industry is too saturated like how when you first decided to start your business and go down the route of leisure wear how did you decide to keep your ideas original Well, yeah, it's definitely, there are a lot of brands and there are a lot of brands coming up like daily. I mean, 
I don't know about you, but your my Instagram is full of ads and full of new brands, which I think is amazing and so inspiring that people are like following their dreams and setting up their brands. So I wouldn't say it's too saturated, but I would definitely say it's saturated. But there are there is so much room out there because there is such a demand for it. Um, mm. So I don't think that should like dishearten anyone. But you just need to make sure that you have, I guess something unique about your brand that maybe other people aren't offering or like you said earlier oh, sorry no she said that before the podcast yeah you need to have a unique selling point and something like really unique I guess and maybe like a different aesthetic to your brand that makes you stand out um amongst like the crowd and to keep your ideas original I guess coming up with something really unique like for Eldrobe, we have the unique slogans, which I haven't seen on any other brands, and they obviously have a meaning behind them that resonates with me. And also just using different fonts. And I think that's something that you can work with with a designer on, like combining different fonts fonts together so that they look really different and basically just doing your research and being aware of what's out there. Um, that can be really helpful. And yeah, looking for unique places for inspo. So I don't know if you're walking down the street and you see a really cool sign on a shop door take a picture of it because chances are there's probably not another brand that's a clothing brand that's adopted a similar font to that and then you can combine it with other fonts that you see online and just Mm -hmm. mixing it up in that sense yeah well even though you've just touched on like the idea of just seeing signs and things like that like I think that's a really cool idea because most people kind of look at what brands already have and then try to work from that and that's not always the best idea because you can get quite overwhelmed and quite lost and think what else is out there. So the idea of using signs is really cool. Like I've never heard of anyone <laughs> using that as inspiration. Yeah, like a fun fact is that, sorry, going off on a tangent, but my we recently did a, lo- um, a rebrand on El Drove and the logo has like a stripe for it. You might have seen. And it was basically, I was walking down the street, I don't know when, a few months ago, and I saw this van drive past and it had this really big logo and I just noticed the strike through. So I was like trying to really quickly take a picture of it whilst it was going through traffic <laughs> to send to my friend who also does the designs. And yeah, like I say, it comes from anywhere. Now I've, I've kind of adopted that. Obviously, it's not, it's not like you're copying them, but you can take inspiration and make it your own as long as it, you, you're still remaining original and you're not doing exactly the same, which is obviously a really important barrier to make sure you put up yeah completely well Matt asked where else I guess you find inspiration for your clothing ideas and concepts beyond just things that you see on a day-to-day basis um well all the obvious ones I guess Pinterest is a massive one probably like 80% of my inspiration comes from there so setting up boards on Pinterest is a really good way of gathering like inspiration for concepts because then you can split it towards like your different ideas and your concepts Instagram, obviously, TikTok, all of those kind of apps where there's loads of emerging, you know, influencers and creatives on there because chances are they're going to be posting about different brands. So you can take inspiration from that. And then for me personally, vintage clothing is a massive influence. So looking at kind of vintage large spell outs on the front of sweatshirts and things like that, because I think they're really cool and they just age so well. And then mm-hmm finally which is a bit of a random one as well is I find a lot of inspiration from like vintage label directories so if you just go on google and search for vintage labels essentially you can find loads of directories of old you know like sewing labels in clothes but they have the coolest fonts and really like unique so I always like screenshot those and I'll put them on my mood board and then work with the designer to yeah bring them to life (laughs) 
Yeah. So we have a question from Kyle who asked what the design process is like. Um, so for me, I'm really lucky. I work with my best friend on the design. She is a young female designer with a small small business as well. So she's really great. So we work really closely together, which makes the process a lot easier. I think it's really important to find someone that has a similar vision or a vibe to you because then you know that anything they produce you're pretty much 100% going to like it and that's where I've really got lucky in that sense so it would normally start off with like I said before loads of mood boards um sketches anything like that that can help the design process to be super clear and then just sending it over to whoever your designer may be and she or he can mock them up and bring them to life and then present all different concepts that you can you can interchange if you see something from the first concept you can swap in with the third concept and things like that so that's normally how the process goes for me yeah well one of the things that like kind of draw drew us to your page was actually your social medias and how you kind of market your social medias so how how did you decide which is the best social media platform to use to promote your brand? Oh, yeah. So it's a really hard one because I'm a lot of us, well, I'm talking about myself from experience, but maybe other brands or social media users out there will probably feel overwhelmed by the amount of apps there are. Like I know I certainly mm. have. I remember last summer I was like, I need to make an IGTV, need to make a Reels, need to make a TikTok. And, and you think if you're not doing it all, then you may lose out on some customers. But... I think it's quite the opposite, to be honest. So when you're deciding what apps to use, I would just remind yourself that don't try and be a master of all of them because it can be really, really overwhelming. So just try and nail maybe, I don't know, I've done two, but you could do two or three, I guess, um, apps and really, really get to know them, like start building a following, a loyal customer base, because the chances are once you've done that and you may set up another app, you can bring your followers from the other apps onto those. So, yeah, my key advice here is, yeah, try not to do them all and try to just master a couple. And mm. I guess deciding what to use would be assessing where your target audience is interacting the most. So for me, I knew that my customers are most likely going to be on Instagram and TikTok more recently because it's obviously such an up and coming app. And so I knew that those were apps that I really had to nail first time. Well, not first time, but they're the apps that I wanted to nail to ensure that I resonated with my audience the most. Yeah. Um, so we have a question from Matt again, who asked if you have any tips for those who are struggling to sell on Depop and how might you guarantee sales? Oh, yeah. So, oh, this happens to me all the time. And it and it happens to, you know, top top sellers on Depop, this happens to. It's not just, I hope people don't ever think that just because they're a small seller or anything that it doesn't happen to everyone because it really does so firstly I would suggest make sure that you're using the right app for what you're trying to sell so there's tons of apps out there you know Vinted, Spock, Gumtree, eBay, Depop the list goes on so assess what you're selling and think are the people on this app going to welcome what I'm selling or will it be sold quick quickly basically and if you've decided on that so for example for me it'd be Depop have a look at the items that aren't selling and restyle them, reshoot them. That is like the key thing here because you may have photographed it when, I don't know, the photos just may not have been up to scratch and, and to sell a product and think, how would you like to buy a product or how would you like to see a product styled? 
that would make you buy it. So I'd recommend good lighting, you know, clear backdrop. Maybe the key things really, because the images really do sell something. And then freshen up your caption, a bullet pointed list, or I use emojis just to like pull out the key information. It makes it really easy to follow. So you should imagine your caption almost like you'd imagine SEO on a website. So it's an opportunity to increase the ranking of your product essentially so that it gets put in front of more people. So using relevant keywords and hashtags is really key for getting it in front of the right people. And cross-channel marketing is a really good way as well to improve your selling on Depop. So set up an Instagram or set up a TikTok and promote on there. Or even if it's your personal account, you never know. One of your followers or your friends might want that item that you're selling. Mm. And then finally, I mean, don't put too much pressure on yourself. I normally have a rule that after around three or four months, if something hasn't sold, I will bag it up and I'll just take it to charity because you're doing something great at the end of the day. You're not throwing it. It's not going to landfill and you're donating at the same time. So it may be just time for a freshen up and, and maybe photograph some new stock. Mm. Well, you just spoke briefly about Instagram and TikTok and like getting accounts on there just to cross promote on different apps. Um, how useful has Instagram and TikTok been for you personally? Oh, so useful. Yeah, I mean, I think it's integral. Definitely Instagram, I would say, is one of the most important platforms to be on to elevate your brand if you're if you're setting up a brand. Obviously, it depends what niche you operate in. But in general, I think you're really missing the mark if you're not marketing on Instagram. Because I could confidently say that 70% of my sales come through my Instagram and yeah, so TikTok has absolutely blown up recently. And I think it's a really good opportunity to promote uh, your brand or obviously your personal brand, whatever it may be. And I have found it has been so helpful for me to reach a larger audience because there's so many people on TikTok. And if your video does well, even if it's just one video and it goes semi-viral, you will really see the success from it. And you'll see people like an influx of followers on Instagram an influx of messages and often people will tell you where they've come from and I get a lot of messages saying I saw you on TikTok like where can I buy your stuff and things like that so yeah I definitely encourage using the apps and at the end of the day I I mean I remember when I was first setting up an Instagram and I was a bit embarrassed I was like I don't know whether people will follow me and and you just have to think if I don't try it I won't know and even if you gain one loyal customer that's one more than you had before you set up and I just think that it, it just makes you more discoverable and it's it's a really great way to connect with people yeah especially what you said about the um like thinking on instagram like is there any point like i feel like i definitely felt that when we started the podcast but now like we've got a few followers and everything so it's definitely really helpful like we probably wouldn't mm-hmm. have had as many listeners we did if we weren't on instagram oh 100%. Um, yeah well we've got another follower question from smoothie london um and they asked how you grew your instagram um, so finding an aesthetic was really um, helpful for this. So it's just really cohesive. You essentially want it. So if someone shared one of your images on their story, someone wouldn't have to even look at who's who, where it came from. So that's when you know your branding and your like your style and your aesthetic is on point because they should recognise that without even have to go to your profile. So I find finding an aesthetic is really essential, and to do that, obviously use mood boards or collab with influencers that have a similar vibe to you and then plan it all out on a planning app I swear by using a planning app it it is so helpful especially if you're a bit OCD like like I can be and I like to have it 
you know planned out for a few days in advance and seeing how it all fits together and what else do I do I'm trying to think oh giveaways is an amazing way so if you can collaborate with any small businesses or yeah brands in your niche 100% do it I collabed with three other vintage brands early on in the Eldrobe days and it was so helpful I think I gained around 3,000 followers or something or maybe even 4,000 because essentially anyone that follows them likes vintage clothing and at the time I was just selling vintage so they're probably going to want to follow you so it really helps and you kind of you set the rules out saying I mean you've probably all seen it but yeah follow follow us all (laughs) for the chance of winning so that's a really good way of doing it and you've got things like paid ads which can be really helpful I've only done a few of those on like a small scale but they yeah you definitely see the benefits of those and just connecting with other small businesses I I really enjoy that I think there's such a community and you want people to comment on your photos because Instagram favor comments now over likes so the more engaged your followers are the more like you you're going to be pushed up the algorithm so to find a little support bubble or group where you can all comment on each other's pictures it's a really good way of boosting yourself up and, and seeing yourself on the explore page and things like that. Um, but I would recommend, I was watching a conference at the weekend by, it was called Later Con, and it's all one word. And it's really, really useful. And I've gone to quite a few online conferences before, and this has stood out to me. So if you're looking to grow your social media, specifically Instagram, but there's some bits on TikTok, I would recommend checking that out because it had some amazing tips on there. Mm. That was, a, that was actually a really good answer. There was loads to go <laughs> off in that. I don't know if I spoke a bit fast, sorry. But yeah, hopefully that's helpful. Marla, and they asked if you have any tips for when you're lacking motivation. Oh, yeah. I mean, this happens to everyone, of course. I think it always just comes back to reminding yourself of what you're trying to achieve. So for me, if I always go back to our core values at Eldrobe, I know that I want to become a really sustainable brand. Like that's so important to me and I'm not there yet. So if I remind myself of that, it really gives me like motivation knowing that I won't stop until I get to that point. So I think that's really, really helpful. And then I also like to look back on what I have achieved. So I'm a big overthinker and I'm sure many other people listening are like, it's, it's such a natural thing to do, but it's so important to reflect on what you have achieved and how well you're doing rather than just thinking oh I'm not here or I feel we are motivated by this and all of this and the comparison factor and like being your own worst critic basically so stop and appreciate how well you're doing and that will really give you some motivation to keep going but on the flip side it's okay not to be motivated we all have those days and especially at the minute well you know in the last year what we're all experiencing so when I feel like that self-care is so important just chilling doing something I enjoy watching a movie basically there's no point burning out and often lack of motivation can come from burning out because you stop seeing the joy and enjoyment in things that you would normally enjoy so there's no point burning yourself out because then you won't be able to give give it your all the next day so yeah and then if I find that motivation or my suggestion if you're not finding motivation comes after a few weeks maybe assess what you're doing is it really bringing you joy? Are you really being joy- true to your values? And are you actually having fun? Because after all, you just want to want to have fun with what mm. we do, right? So maybe a little revamp of what you're doing. You know, even a brand revamp. If you feel like your brand's getting a bit stale, get some new branding in there or an Instagram refresh. Mix things up and see if motivation can come. 
in different forms but yeah it's important to remember we all have those days and it's so okay to feel like that yeah definitely well on the topic of try not to let yourself burn out how do you manage running your own business and your social medias alongside your full-time job and still managing to enjoy it all oh yeah so my key thing here is to set boundaries so I know that between nine and five for example or whatever hours you work is dedicated to my full-time job and I won't overstep that mark and then I know that any time around that so the morning lunchtime or after work uh, is dedicated to Eldrobe and kind of building my brand and as soon as you overstep that you're not going to be delivering kind of at your full potential for either of those things so yeah making sure you have really clear boundaries and also just setting realistic goals for yourself knowing that you know you've got a full-time job that you need to give your all to as well there's no point setting something really unrealistic because you're going to end up wanting to work on it throughout the day on your brand for example or working overtime on that working late into the night so yeah being really realistic with yourself and setting to-do lists I mean yeah everyone says it but it's it's essential I like plan out my whole week at the beginning like segment my time knowing like what I want to achieve by the end of the week and just know your limits and don't burn out like I said before because when you when you're tired you're not going to be working at your best of your ability like on either like your full-time job and your main job so yeah I I'm definitely learning more about this and but I know it's so important Mm -hmm. well how did you then cope with your business growing so quickly because obviously you had a plan and all of a sudden you know the sales were shooting up you were getting more followers like how did you handle all of that well, I guess like you don't really, I don't really think about it that much. I don't often stop and think about it because it's progressed over the years. So to me, that feels not like a long time, but obviously like small things happen throughout that time and you hit different milestones. It's mm. it's not kind of like you wake up one day and all of a sudden you're on X amount of followers. But yeah, I guess you're right. Like it has grown really quick, quickly and I'm so grateful for that. And yeah, it's just really exciting. It's really exciting that people like what I'm doing and they like the designs, they like the brand and they're on board with it. So it's overwhelming, but in a really good way. And and it's really lovely to meet so many nice people as well who have said things like that. Yeah. Um, Is it ever difficult to make sure you keep items in stock with such high demand? Oh, 100%. So, well, firstly, on the vintage side, it's not so hard. I try and consistently do a drop every weekend. But at the minute, it's a little bit harder because of COVID. There's like not as much stock around and things like that. But I find finding vintage stock a lot easier. I can order a box from a wholesaler and it can keep me going for two months or so. On the flip side, the leisurewear range, oh, 100%, I've struggled with it. Obviously, I'm so grateful and I've been so lucky that all three of the re- restocks or drops have sold out so I'm like over the moon about that but at the same time between that like in the interim within the two months where I'm waiting for the supply to produce more stock people come to my page and I haven't got anything to offer them apart from the vintage stock and you hope that those customers will stay around but you don't know if they will of course like would you wait two months just to get a sweatshirt <laughs> I don't know um, so yeah I mean building relationships is key here just I normally drop that, jot their name down and then I'll message them near the time saying, you know, we've got um, a restock coming and that will keep the relationship going. But building a mailing list is something I'm doing recently and that's a really good way of maintaining the customer relationships because, yeah, like I say, there'll be gaps. And I'm learning. I mean, I'd love to be able to have stock 
all the time but it is space I don't have a office space it's literally off my spare bed in my bedroom so I can't really keep stock all the time but as I as the brand evolves I hope that I can kind of predict maybe the demand better and then keep things in stock yeah so speaking of your brand growing do you do at the moment do you do everything yourself in regards to your business or are you able to have employees that you work with um so like I mentioned earlier we I mean I employ or not employ but I pay for a designer to work with so that is the only help I get really apart from my very kind boyfriend helping me with packaging when it gets too much (laughs) but apart from that no I do it all myself and I really love it to be honest I don't think I'd have it any other way for a while because I know exactly the way I want Eldrobe to go and if someone else was running it maybe I would struggle with that because yeah like I say I know I I have a vision for it and I like to be in control of the different elements but yeah it's been really helpful to like get someone to do the designs that's been a massive help yeah I completely get that like especially since you started it yourself like you're going to want to carry it on yourself like the whole way through yeah it's like a (laughs) a baby yeah (laughs) (laughs) so would you ever consider becoming like a bit of a larger company or would you be happy remaining kind of as you are as a small business well I guess it'd be silly to say I don't aspire for the brand to become like a massive brand with like a really high turnover but I try not to think too long term about it because what I find myself doing is comparing myself to where I am now and where I think I should be or something like that so Mm. I set my goals kind of for the year so I've just set some brand goals which I'll try my like my hardest to achieve but yeah I don't like to overthink it too much, but of course I'd like it to grow and I'd love to design more ranges. And as we evolve, I'm sure lots will change, but I'd like it to continue growing organically on social media and and things like that. But I guess what I do know is I'd always like to operate like mindset as a small business. So staying true to the values. I don't want to become like a fast fashion brand where they lose like their values. Mm. Um, So yeah, that's really important to me. Yeah. So to finish off, what are your business plans for the future and how do you see yourself getting bigger if that's something you want to do yeah so the main thing this year for Eldrobe is really honing in on the values so I've mentioned it a couple of times but becoming more sustainable is so important to me but also it's like something I really want to happen for the brand so that's something I really want to build on. I want to educate myself more in terms of sustainable and ethical fashion because I think it does need to come from the core. You don't just want to greenwash people and say that your brand is this, this and that. I want it to be something that I really understand and I can answer confidently. So I'm, at the minute, I'm looking into like more sustainable products, You know, using recycled materials, more organic materials and things like that. And I'm really excited about it because there's so many fast fashion brands and I just think small businesses are so much more unique. They offer something so much more cool. And yeah, I want to be as sustainable as possible. So I'm hoping that that can take place this year and working on some exciting initiatives like that. And as well as that, we're launching a website actually on Sunday the 31st. So that will be a whole different dimension, I think, to operate than Depop. So hopefully this year we can kind of move everything or transition everything off Depop onto the website. But it will be focused on just the leisure wear at first and I'll see how that goes. But yeah, I'm yeah. excited to see what comes this year. Yeah, I mean, hopefully by the time this episode goes out, that will actually be, you know, your website will be live. So that's exciting. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, really exciting. 
Well, thank you so much, Lucy, for coming on our podcast. We've enjoyed talking to you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been really fun. <laughs> Do you want to take a minute to tell our listeners where they can find you, where they can find Eldrobe, your social medias, everything like that? Yeah, of course. So it's all quite straightforward. It's just at Eldrobe on TikTok, the same on Depop, but on Instagram, it's at L.Drobe. So yeah, all pretty similar. And then the website will be eldrobeclothing.com. I think that's straightforward. The ones I'm on. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) Um, So I will link all of those um, that Lucy's just mentioned in the podcast description. So anyone who's interested should go and check it out. And I know we can't showcase her clothes on a podcast because (laughs) it's a podcast. But like, (laughs) you can trust us when we say like we are actually like in love with those clothes. And I honestly want like so much. (laughs) Thank you. Um, but thank you again Lucy um, and we will see everyone next week for a new episode bye bye thanks girls bye thank you thank you guys for listening to today's episode if you want to find us elsewhere you can follow our Instagram at the little women podcast where you can ask future guest questions hear about new episodes coming up and also see what we get up to behind the scenes Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on and give us a five-star rating. We upload every other Sunday, so we'll see you then for a brand new episode.